0: Warriors, Warriors, come out to play. Because you never know what's going to happen in this this sport. You never know with with these fights. Anything is possible.
1: I do look at myself as being one of the most dominant fighters in MMA history. He didn't know it was going to be a buffet, though. He thought it was going to be a three-piece. Now you're getting the whole. MGM
2: Grand Buffet to the face, man. What's up, Fight Fans? It's time for another episode of the RJ Ringside Podcast. I'm here with Adam Hill, Larry Mir, and I am Heidi Fang. We are all at the UFC 245, well, media tent outside the T-Mobile Arena where all the press conferences have just ended and the title fights are in the books. We did see one title change hands tonight. We're going to get into everything here with the belts and who won what? But first, we got to get into the main event. Some controversy between the fight with Colby Cummington, of course, and Kamaru Usman. As we saw, Kamaru Usman retains his title. The welterweight belt is still in his hands. He gets the job done with under a minute left in the fifth round, knocking out Colby Cummington, um, putting all talks to rest. I mean, and Adam... the There was a lot of uh, hate leading up to this fight. Uh, In the end, uh, Usman says he he did it for everyone. He's everyone right now. Um, What did you make of the fight, his performance, and what he had to say following the win?
0: Well, it's quite a loaded question, obviously. I know. I loaded it up. I loaded it Um, up. First of all, the fight was fantastic. And I think it's one of those, sometimes we talk about wrestler versus wrestler turns into a grappling match because you're not really sure which, you know, which guy's wrestling is going to win out. Uh, Usman said he thinks his wrestling would have won out, but he thought uh, that he really wanted to punish Covington, which is a silly thing to, to do if that's really the case. If you think you could dominate the wrestling, you should probably go ahead and wrestle. But uh, it, those are two really, really good wrestlers. It wouldn't have been an easy path for him uh, like it usually is to just dominate uh, and smother somebody on the ground. So he tested his stand-up. And I think when you look at this matchup, if, you, if you're going to just look at the stand-up, Colby Covington is more active Uh, He's got, we think, better cardio, though Usman said, hey, look, mine's just as good, and it's been tested time and time again, Uh, and then Usman had more power, I mean, that was kind of the the analysis, if you really break it down, it kind of played out that way a little bit, Uh, Covington was landing more shots, Usman I I thought was doing more damage with his his shots, and uh, really wore him down, and then you know, it wasn't the knockdown to me. There was two knockdowns there in like the final 30 seconds of the fight. We're only one of the minute and a half left uh, in the fifth round. He landed a huge right that really rocked Covington, did knock him down. It really rocked him. And that really changed the complexion uh, of that final two minutes because Covington was kind of staggering around. Usman caught him with another right that knocked him down. Covington got back up, but then knocked him down again. And I thought the fact that he got knocked down twice uh, contributed to why Mark Goddard decided to stop that fight. Uh, it wasn't necessarily that it was like a brutal beat down on the ground, but you know Covington's jaw was already broken. Uh, he was already hurt. he was definitely hurt. He wasn't really, as Usman said, you know, grabbing on and trying to hold. He was just trying to survive there on the ground. And so you can you can make the argument it wasn't the greatest stoppage. But I think when you look at it, he wasn't he wasn't really trying to improve his position. He wasn't really. You know, making any moves toward helping himself get out of there. He was just going to take more shots. And by the way, when, the, when we see the scorecards, it didn't matter. I mean, he was not going to win the fight. He could not win the fight uh, on the scorecards. So, you know, in, in the end, is it the greatest stoppage? Maybe not. Uh, but I think, you know, it, it saved him from doing more damage and he wasn't going to win the fight anyway. Uh, you know, Usman, it was two two on one of the cards, and Usman clearly had the fifth round one. Uh, so you know, nothing was going to change about the outcomes. So you, you look at that and say, okay, but you know, after the fight is where we get really interesting with you know, Usman kind of talking about what it all meant, how much pressure there was on him, and there was because Covington, with his character, got everybody against him. But it was, hey, if you don't answer, if you don't, you know, make him pay for all these things, uh, then all that pressure is gonna is coming back on you. and So I think Covington did a good job, not only with the character of selling the fight, but also putting the pressure onto Usman's side. And Usman said that, you know, that got to him. It was it was emotional, it was tough, but he was able to get through it. And he really didn't lash out the way that I thought he might. I was able to catch up to him a little bit after the press conference and said, you know, was there ever a temptation to just like go nuts either – during that during that buildup or even tonight you know it come in here in the press conference just start trashing him and saying awful things back and he's like no that's just not who i am and I, I i i was it was weighing on me i was feeling it but that's not how i'm gonna act wait
2: um okay let's just clarify one thing was his jaw broken or not broken no, okay not, i thought you said broken i, it I did just there. say that so i'm and sorry i was like we, i just we, want to clarify that news, it news, was
0: not that. broken uh it was maybe dislocated yeah, uh, it, it definitely looked like place. something was yeah. arrived. Yeah, uh but not no facial fracture is the official word from the UFC. Can I say something about Usman real quick? I, no. I kinda um <laughs> I feel
1: I feel like what he said in the post fight presser about, you know, you uh just how he acted and what, what he said about um Kobe kind of represents what a real champion is, you know, and I think that Usman kind of reflects that what an actual champion should be like. I, I was really impressed with that. But Kobe did show up to fight, like I was Blown away by Kobe's stand up. I, I agree with Adam. Kobe was landing, you know, he was more active and landing shots, but Uzman was landing the more powerful shots. If you look at Kobe's right side of his face, completely covered red. I mean, Usman definitely won. The battle
2: okay so let's get into the co-main event a little bit here max holloway loses his title the belt changes hands the featherweight belt is now in the hands of alexander volkanovsky who i have finally seen a little bit of personality from him tonight i mean he's been kind of quiet leading up to this he, he said that he was going to knock him out and all and that his coaches were behind him and all this but um like as far as seeing a different side of him i really haven't seen the not fighter side of him until he's in here like talking about Australia and who he was as a rugby player and all of that. So when you look at his performance, it was interesting how he made Max so uncomfortable. Like I think he never let Max really get settled. And the way he obviously used his leg kicks was a big key in this fight. So Adam, uh what do you think were his keys to victory in this one?
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, certainly the leg kicks were, were in, I know most, uh, Lake Hicks landed in any featherweight title fight you know in UFC history. It was uh, absolutely effective strategy. It was clearly the strategy. I mean, he did it early and often. And I think a lot of that was, you know, trying to wear him down, trying to slow him down a little bit. That's, that's certainly part of it because Holloway is so fast, but the other part of it, it, it it's a very weird dynamic, but Holloway talked about it with us the other day that you look at Volkanovsky as short, but he's short, but his reach isn't. And Holloway, Despite the fact that he kind of seems long and lanky and, and fast and explosive and athletic and all those things, you would think he wants space to operate. You would think he wants to be on the outside, but that's not really the case. He's really effective in close quarters and just getting inside and fighting. And I think Volkanovski... It's it's a weird thing to look at and, and think that that's the, the strategy they're going to have, but that really is where it is. And Volkanovski wanted to control distance, wanted to be on the outside, and he wanted to keep Holloway from getting inside. And I think the leg kicks did that, certainly uh, by keeping him on the outside. That's that's certainly one part of it. Uh, but but on the other, you know, the other hand, it was it was slowing him down, keeping him outside, and not letting him get to the inside. And that was that was a big factor. No,
2: listen, we just got an updated medical report. Something in for Colby's face is fractured we there we go the live update news. in
1: that was not fake news <laughs> kobe's <laughs> jaw is fractured that is a
2: member of the ufc uh staff and she is now saying that there is a fracture it just it keeps changing it, it's gone one way it's gone the other well,
0: look, we, we should we can call her out well i won't say her name but the i would say we're just talking about all the cardio the U.S.C.P.R. staff maybe let yeah. work on the cardio <laughs> <laughs> there's some, there's some uh, real heavy breathing going on over there that was, that was a little uncomfortable Yeah.
2: Yeah, so uh, she made sure to get it to uh, all sides of the room. So good for her. She that cardio was pumping. But Adam, please get back to what you're no, saying. I, there.
0: It doesn't even matter anymore. Uh, Kobe Covington's jaw is broken. Uh, Alexander Volkanovsky, controlled distance, kept Holloway on the outside and the leg kick slowed him down. And uh, and also, uh, I think another you know, another part of it. And, and I think there was a time late in the second round. Where I I tweeted, you know, Max is finally showing a little bit of sense of urgency because, you know, he lost the first round. He lost most of the second round. I thought he rallied to win the second round uh, late, uh, but he was finally showing that sense of urgency. But then he didn't really show that the last three rounds. And I think part of that is he came in here afterwards and said, you know what? I felt I absolutely won the second round. He's like, I felt I won the third and fourth round. So there was really no sense in his mind that he needed to push, that he needed to try to throw everything out out there because he thought he was winning the fight. So that kind of came into play, too. What did you think of the the scorecards on that one? The one judge having a fifty to forty five. I, mean, I thought that was pretty crazy. Um, somebody in here actually had that too. Yeah, I saw a couple people on Twitter did. I, I saw somebody had tweeted at me uh, that you know, after after four rounds that he thought it was a shutout for Volkanovski, and I said I can't possibly agree with that because I don't think there's any way he won the second round. Um, so, but yeah, so I, mean, I think that was uh, that was interesting on that scorecard. I actually thought. As much as I thought Volkanovski, you know, if you look at the fight as a whole, had won the fight. Hey, dominate! If, okay. if you start really breaking it down, the first round was very, very close. Volkanovski, I thought, won. The second round, I thought Holloway won. Um, there was two other rounds that were, you know, the fourth round was very close. And I think most people that are scoring on Twitter gave Holloway the fifth. So if you want to say he probably won the second, he probably won the fifth. And that's what the two judge, judges gave him is, is the second and fifth. Now, the third was pretty easily Volkanovski's, but one and four were razor thin. And so if you want to say, which I have always hated, I've always disagreed with, but if you want to say, hey, Ty goes to the champion, he could have won one of those rounds, and then he wins the fight. So, I mean, that's why when we talk about judging, we talk about scorecards and all those other things, I think people overreact a little bit and say, well, this is clearly the case. Well, not so fast. Again, he won the second and the fifth. The first and the fourth were very, very close. And if you give him either of those rounds, he wins the fight.
2: Four was definitely my swing round. I think that was the one for me that was the most questionable yep. in that fight. Um, yeah, there were definitely razor thin rounds. And that's just a credit to the level of talent of these fighters and how prepared that they are for these fights. So let's move on to Amanda's fight against Jermaine Duranami. Amanda comes in there and a little bit of a different game plan than we're used to seeing out of her wrestling, grappling.
0: She showed her versatility for sure. And, and she showed a very, very high level of fight IQ. Uh, by doing what she did and going out and saying, so Amanda destroys uh, Jermaine Durandamy in the first round. 10-8 round, I think on everyone's cards. No question yeah. Yeah. about it. Did you say a 10-5? Uh, yeah. yeah, I was only joking.
2: Yeah. I was making a joke. So 10-8 round, you
0: go out <laughs> there and then the second round, Durandamy really, really struck her with some, some, some vicious shit. Started shots. using her length finally. Right. And, right. and Jermaine Durandamy, you know, is a is a world class, I mean, she was a multiple time world champion, undefeated kickboxer. She's a really, really good striker. And, and, and a fighter, what they should say is, okay, fine. I'm a better mixed martial artist than you. I'm a better all-around fighter than you. I'm going to take you down. I'm going to win the fight on the ground. I don't care about ego. I care about winning. That's what fighters should do. We don't see them do it all the time. We don't see them do it enough. But I think all the credit in the world to Amanda Nunez, despite the boos, despite the you know people getting upset about it. What is she supposed to do? Stand there and let the other person you know have a chance? No, She dominated the fight by yeah, lot, like, all facets. And then that's what she should do.
2: So let's talk about the crossover factor that's been um, rumbling about the room throughout the night. Carlos Shields, uh, uh, two, a gold medalist two times in the Olympics, as well as a professional boxer who has shown some interest in coming uh, to fight Amanda Nunes, not necessarily in MMA quite yet, because she says she still has a lot to learn. Amanda Nunes kind of shut that down right away. She's very
0: annoyed with the questions. So I, lo- I loved her it was, answer. It was, it was, I mean, it was, it was it was a perfect answer. And um you know it, it makes a lot of sense her just saying like hey that's not what i do i'm a mixed martial artist and she wants she wants to fight me she's come to my me world me. Out. yeah which is absolutely true Clarissa shields despite what she says needs that fight like there's nobody she can fight in boxing and it's, it's funny it's kind of the other way around all the all the the guy ufc fighters wants to want to fight boxers because that's where the money is all the female boxers want to fight female mma fighters because that's where the money is uh it's an interesting dynamic there but yeah it's Clarissa Shields wants this fight. She needs the fight for her marketability. Uh, So Amanda Nunez is saying, yeah, fine. You want it? Fine. Come get it. And I'm going to take you down over and over again. I'm not going to strike with you. I'm not going to be an idiot. And I think Clarissa Shields saw tonight what would happen if she came into uh, an MMA cage, just like Amanda Nunez saw what would happen if she went into a boxing ring.
1: I thought it was hilarious when um, somebody asked Amanda Nunez or is told her that, uh, "Hey, you know, she just needs six
0: months to train, take down." Which defense. was not exactly what she said either. So I, 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 love when when you know questions are asked by reporters that kind of mischaracterize. So Clarissa Shields did say she would need you know six months or a year to train. But she didn't say she would be good at it. Like it's not like she said, "I can learn takedowns and takedown defense in six months." She was like, "I would need that time." She's and she basically said, you know, when she was she was up there doing a scrum, she was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna be at a huge disadvantage. I don't know how to do any of those things. I'll give it a try if she comes over and fights me in boxing because you know I think it's only fair for, for us to do both." But she it wasn't like she was saying like, "I'm gonna learn takedown defense in six months and beat her." It's not what she said. Uh, As a former fighter, though, I I could see where Amanda was really pissed off. Oh, (laughs) yeah, Yeah.
1: because you don't know how long it takes people to learn certain things in MMA, and like to hear, oh, yeah, I'm going to learn that in six months and come. Right, I mean, I, I have
0: no problem with her being upset. I have a problem with the question being phrased improperly, and I don't think anybody was like trying to create a controversy. It's you know, you're you're you don't have time to sit there and during a press conference and fully explain the subtleties of somebody's answer. And uh, the you know properly characterize it. So I get I get it on both sides, but yeah, it's not really fair to, to mis- misquote and mischaracterize what Clarissa Shield said.
2: Well, let's talk about a couple other uh, big fights that happened on this card. Uh, we could start with Peter Jan's performance over Faber. He was a uh, six to one favorite, Adam, on this coming yeah, in, yeah. and at first I thought that was a little bit disrespectful to Faber and what we had seen out of his career, and it, particularly his uh, return performance that he had against Ricky Simone. So when all was said and done, though the odds makers were right Um, and Peter Young puts on just a a kind of demolition of Faber I mean it was hard to watch there towards the end uh, Dana was asked about Faber and um, Adam it sound like he kind of wants Faber to to stop fighting or competing and and what he said
0: he goes he goes like Dana said he wasn't really for Uri coming back in the first place but he comes out gets that 43 second knockout and it's like okay that was good and and actually I don't think Uri Faber looked terrible tonight necessarily uh, after he started to get cut up in the second round, and then it kind of got ugly from there a little bit. And her Pet- Jan took over, uh, but I didn't look terrible. But I think what Dana White was saying is, listen, you've got money, you've got business interests, you do all- you do other things. Like you don't you don't need this. Like if you were going to come back and go on a title run and win four fights in a row, fine. But what are you going to do? Kind of you know back and forth, and you know winning some, losing some, taking some abuse like you took tonight. You don't really need to do that anymore. So uh, I don't think it's going to be one of those things where Dana White tells him. Like, hey, you, sh- you need to retire, like, enough. But he's, I think he, he wants him to have that conversation and talk to his family and just decide, if, is it really worth it if you don't have to fight anymore?
2: All right. So, uh, Marlon Morris, Jose Aldo. It's,
0: it's real quick on, on Petrion, though. Uh, yeah. He is not happy right now because uh, Henry Cejudo wants, wants to not only not, only not fight Jan, uh, he wants to go up. Uh, he, well, he, he wants to fight out, I guess, at 35, but he wants to challenge the respect. And out then he also said, uh, that he wants to go for, to a fourth weight class, which is or a fourth title. So a third weight class title. So he hinted at moving up to 45, uh, to fight Volkanovsky for the title, which is insanity. Uh, it would be, a, I think it would be a fun fight. I like it, but I, I think you've got contenders, uh, that you have to take on here. So Jan is upset that, uh, as he called them the, uh, the triple clown, not the triple crown. Uh, the triple clown is trying to avoid him. I think that that may have been his manager tweeting that. Uh, shout out, Danny, if you're listening. I think think that you tweeted that, but uh, yeah. I think you know we will see what happens. But I think Jan certainly in the mix to potentially fight uh, Henry Cejudo at 35 for the title.
2: All right. So now let's get into uh, the Marlon Morris fight against Jose Aldo. A lot of people actually thought that Aldo won that, um, not Morais. How did you see it, Larry?
1: Um you know i thought Moraes did a great job in the first round and and looked great and then aldo kind of um I, aldo kind of like caught caught the timing down and started looking a little more relaxed and then started landing his punches more i do feel that um, he made aldo look slow though aldo did not look as fast as he used to um i don't know if that was a weight cut i don't know if Mores was just way faster than him but aldo you could tell was not himself um I was worried in that first round, but after he loosened up, I, I thought he won the fight. Um,
0: it was a close fight. I Again, you could go either way with it. I think in, in that fight, it was, it was a case if you watch uh, exactly what was uh, going on and how it was going. And and, and you heard uh, Moraes talk about this after the fight, which I thought was a, a pretty interesting point because it, it was kind of what I observed, too. Aldo, and especially in the third round, because I thought it was absolutely 1919. I don't think there's any question that it was 1919 going to the third. Uh, it, so it, goes, it comes down to who won the third round. And what I thought Aldo was doing was moving forward, moving forward, moving forward, not throwing anything. Marais would hit him, and then they'd re- reset, and it would happen again. So there, there was all the talk about you know octagon control and all that sort of thing. And it is part of the judging criteria. But you have to do something. Do something. And what Mariah said what said afterwards was, yeah, he's moving forward, but then what? And I thought that was absolutely what was happening. It was Aldo would move forward, 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 get punched, and then they'd reset. And I thought Mariah was landing all of the shots in the, in the third round. And Aldo was doing nothing except controlling where the action was. You can't just you know walk somebody into the corner and not do anything and, and have that count. So I, I, th- I thought Mariah's absolutely won the third round.
1: How much did the weight cut you think affected Aldo in this fight?
0: <laughs> Didn't seem to. I mean, I thought he looked good. He did. It, usually that shows up in cardio. It shows up later in the fight. Uh, it'll show up sometimes in not being able to absorb shots. He did all of those things. He took some big shots, went right through him. Uh I thought you know his cardio held up fairly well uh, into the later ends of the fight, and that's actually been a question for him at 45 at times. So all of our talk about Aldo's weight cut, and I certainly was concerned about it, and I thought it would affect the fight. It didn't seem to to me. We didn't think it was going to make weight.
1: Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I didn't think it was. You know, um, Do you think he stays at 35?
2: <laughs> I would hope for his own health and longevity that he doesn't. Um, You know, it just seems like so brutal to do that to yourself. Like when you see him at the weigh-in, if you look at the official weigh-in when he came in, is. Face was so sunken in. He looked so depleted. I mean, granted, he stood there and he held his arms out and he was like, "Yeah, I did it," you know. But of course, that's the facade you're going to put on in front of
0: people. I'll say, based on the press conference tonight, you say at 35 because it sounds like he's getting the title shot at 35. Despite losing, <laughs> so <laughs> it, sounds, <laughs> like he's, it sounds like he's going to fight <laughs> Hernandez at 35 for the title. And if that's the case, he's absolutely staying there at least to uh, to see if he can win that fight. Which, listen, I, I understand why. You know, Dana White said he likes that fight. He likes to call out if the champion says, hey, I'd, I'd rather fight. I mean, you know, it sounds weird. I'd rather fight the guy that lost. You're not, it, it, but it's not really looking for an easy fight. He said, hey, that guy won the fight. He deserved it. He earned it. Uh, and it's certainly a bigger money fight. Aldo versus Hudo is a much, much bigger fight than Cejudo versus Moraes. So uh, that makes sense. Uh, so I think he'll stay there because I think he's the title shot.
2: Okay, so let's wrap things up here with, I think, uh, one of the standout performances of the night. Uh, got a performance of the night bonus. Here's uh, Irene Aldana. With her knockout over Caitlin Vieira, I mean, that was pretty brutal. It's not too often in the women's fights that you see stone cold knockouts where the person just falls flat out on the ground. And it's just like unbelievable work that she put in. And we know she has good hands, but I thought that that performance was really solid. Adam, what one uh, stood out to you?
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you got to give her certainly all the credit in the world. Uh, For that for that victory, I thought that was a that was an impressive showing for her. I thought Jeff Neal actually really improved his stock tonight with just a fantastic performance and knockout of uh, Mike Perry, who, you know, he he is who he is uh, in the the fight world. Um, And but I thought that was a a really it wasn't just a win. It was a spectacular, impressive uh, highlight reel type of win. Uh, That is going to really springboard him and and fighting in that featured prelim uh, on ESPN just before the card moves over to pay-per-view. Like, that's a spot that they try to showcase, guys, and I thought that he really took full advantage of, of that showcase tonight.
2: All right. Well, that'll do it here for us here tonight at the T-Mobile Arena. Again, UFC 245. You can follow up with everything in the paper as well as on ReviewJournal.com, CoveringTheCage.com, where Adam has done a ton of work tonight and our photographer, Jay Stevens, captured all the imagery. You can find it all there. Videos will be posted by me as well sometime within the next 24 hours. So keep your eyes out for that and keep up with this podcast anywhere you find your podcast on. If you're listening to it right now, Someplace, just hit subscribe. Give us a follow, give it a listen. We'll be back again with another episode. And we got some great interviews tonight that we're going to roll out. So you're going to want to catch up with those. We spoke with Yana Yanjaychek. We spoke with Clarissa Shields. We spoke with Derek Lewis, the beast. So yeah, again, keep your eyes out, keep your ears out. We'll be posting on Instagram and everywhere else about those interviews when we drop them. So for Larry Mirror, for Adam Hill, thank you so much for listening. I'm Heidi Fang.